Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid if you believe in your product and you know you got a product, get out there and sell it. was the best note I've ever sang. No, it's not. But welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur every single Wednesday morning who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting. And you can email me at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high-quality podcast. This is episode 229. And today's guest guests, plural, are Angie and Dee Cowger. They are the creators of some of the tastiest, most deliciously tasty chili you will ever taste, uh, and it's delicious. They are the owners of The Custard Stand, as well as Custard Stand food products, and they create hot dog chili and chili soup, and I know there's a whole debate about whether chili's soup or not. It doesn't matter. It their chili will change your life. In this episode, we talk how Custard Stand came to be, how to take a small business from a small town and expand all across the nation, and the fantastic dynamic between Angie and Dee. So a little bit of family business there from probably some of the most likable people you'll ever hear from. It is Angie and Dee, and it's time to get chili. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with Angie and Dee Cowger of Custard Stand, of the Custard Stand, as well as Custard Stand food products. Really, really cool and uh, just absolutely delicious company all around. <laughs> Angie and Dee, thank you so much for joining. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Thank you. Doing great. Glad to be here. Of course, of course, and uh, super glad to have you. And I think uh, first question everybody's wondering is, uh, can you go in detail and lay out what the secret recipe? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. We, I hear you. we we won't make you spill the beans there, uh, pun intended. But uh, we we are, we are going to talk chili, chili sauce, hot dogs, kind of everything in that delicious world. Before we get to company as it looks like today, when was the first time that you two knew that you might, you know, work in the business world together one day? Uh, probably 1990, 91. 91's when we started the restaurant. So it was, yeah, it was about that time. I was a school teacher and Dee was a truck driver and we were just looking for another income source for our family. You, you two got married in 87, correct? Yep. Right. Perfect. That is the same year my parents were married. So it was a fantastic year to get married, I have to say. What was it back then that you know gave you that first idea that you, that you would want a partner in terms of business? Well, back when uh, when we were growing up in high school, there was a there was a little dairy bar down in Webster Springs, and uh, we all everybody called it the custard stand, you know. And uh, we we would go there and have our milkshakes and our hot dogs, you know. When it shut down. Uh, we missed it. I mean, it what had been closed for three or four years. And of course, like Angie said, I was driving truck and she was teaching. I, I was like, what can we, what, what business, what can we go into that, you know, 
you can work during the day. I can work some in the evening or, you know, whatever works out so that, you know, we're the ones running this business and making things work. And that's what came to mind. You know, D, when we started, D did all the deliveries at the restaurant and I worked at school and then I came in and worked like two evening shifts and a weekend shift in the restaurant itself when we started out. Going back just a little bit, we, you know, we, when we first started talking about it, we, uh, her aunt worked there. And I'm like, Angie, what would your aunt help us with the chili recipe, with the milkshakes, with teaching us how to how to even open a restaurant? You know, because we we didn't have any restaurant have experience. experience. So uh, we actually went to her aunt. Uh, My great aunt Lucille. Yep. And, and she, she was in her 60s at the time. Right. So she she really helped us a bunch in, in getting Get started. started. Yeah. So it was all family, family business, even like before it was officially started. So that that's awesome. You know, besides just enjoying like the food at that place, what was it that kind of sold you that this would be like a, a really great business to get into? Um, the business that was here previously, the, the Elsie's Dairy Bar that everybody called the Custard Stand was very successful. Um, they just lost their lease. And, you know, the lady that owned it was older and the workers were older. And when they lost their lease, they were like, okay, you know, we're just done. They didn't have anywhere else to move to and they didn't want to try it again. So we're like, if they can be successful following that model, then why can't we, you know, and gave it a try. But really it was the chill. I mean, the, the hot dogs, the, the hot dog chili. I mean, people would come for miles to get a hot dog there, you know. And the ice cream, you know, there was no other ice cream business in our community. So we didn't have any, we, we do soft serve at the custard stand. That's what they did years ago. And that's what we do. And there wasn't another soft serve location in our town. So we didn't need to reinvent the wheel. We just needed to, you know, update it a little bit. Right. You needed to reinvent the custard. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it's not even custard. You know, that's the funny part is, is that we do hundred percent soft serve ice cream. There is a difference. Custard has a higher butterfat content. Um, it has eggs in it and our product does not, but everybody called the place, the custard stand when it was open before. So there wasn't any sense in trying to, you know, rename it either. Oh, uh, we talked about it. We talked about, you know, there's like four mountains coming into Webster Springs. You know, we, we talked about, you know, calling the restaurant four mountains and all these different names. And then we go back to, you know, my wife goes back and she's like, well, everybody's going to call it the custard stand. So let's just call it the custard stand. No matter what name we put yeah. on it officially, it's still going to be the custard stand because that's what the other one was. And same thing with our, our hot dog chili business. You know, when we started going into, into the, the manufacturing business, we had the same conversation again. We yep. actually have a little jar um, that has, you know, the little four mountains logo thing on it. And we're like, well, should we do this? Should we change? You know, what should we do? And we came back to the same thing. Even though this tub doesn't have custard in it, we just as well call it custard stand hot dog chili because we have a following already from that. That That is a natural chili segue. So let's get to custard stand and all things in the custard stand world. Um, so there's the custard stand, as you mentioned, like actual physical lo locations, restaurants or stands, if you will. And then there's the, not the, but there's custard stand food products in, in simplest terms it's your your chili sauce that you you know manufacture and send out correct yes right right yes we no longer manufacture in west virginia um we work began to work with a co-packer in 2020 part of that was a covid issue and part of that was looking for a longer shelf life of our product 
from 2003 till 2020, we manufactured in-house and then we moved the manufacturing to a co-packer in Burlington, North Carolina. But we still pick up all the product and bring it back to West Virginia to our facility and then ship it out of our facility. In terms of the different aspects of the business. So at what point did you get the idea that we can take this chili sauce we can take this awesome flavor and, and, and take it beyond the actual physical locations and delight more and more people around the world. Well, like, like she said, like we were talking earlier, the restaurant, you know, the restaurant we opened in, in 91 and from 91 until 2003, that's when we got the idea, you know, we want to, we want to grow this chili business. I mean, she had a friend wanting to uh, purchase chili and uh, we wouldn't sell it to anybody because my mom, she, she made it in the back for us. She cooked it on the stove and uh, it was just a, you know, it took a long time, big process. And uh, while it was cooking, you know, yeah. she was doing other things. She was chopping vegetables, doing kitchen prep, making pizzas, pizza breads. So it was hard to put a dollar figure on the actual cost of the, you know, manufacture of making the chili at that time. Yeah. You know, her girlfriend actually got mad. I mean, she gave her a call and she's like, why can't I buy that chili? And she's like, I, I told said, you. I'll give you some, I, you know, worries. I'll give you a jug and yeah. a gallon jug or whatever you want. Anyway, we thought I, I told Angie, I said, you know, I'm really, you, you know, you're the, you're the smart one. I'm the mechanically inclined one. I said, uh, you know, I'll remodel our car wash bay. Our first, we have a three bay car wash here. And uh, I said, well, I'll just remodel the first car wash bay. We'll get uh, uh, USDA approved. You do the marketing and we'll, we'll see how it goes, you know. And, and that's what we did. And that's what we did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we go in there, we, we had a USDA inspector come and he like looks at the walls and looks around and I'd actually filled the pit to where the, you know, when you wash your cars off, the pit fills up full of mud. You know, I filled that out there. It was drains. You know, I filled that in with concrete and he looked around and he's like, well, the first thing you're going to have to do is get that concrete out of the floor. He said, you have to have drains and all your floors so you can hose wait, 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 wait. So, so so the, literally the thing you replaced <laughs> he's just like yeah put those back in <laughs> yeah right the, he had to like take a matic and dig I them took, out i had to take a actual sledgehammer and start pounding beating it out of there before it really oh set God. up super hard it had only been a couple days but it was still really hard to get it out and uh, we we got that out and you know got our floors you know we had to do a lot of things like you know, put uh, fiberglass reinforced plastic board on the walls and, you know, stainless steel sinks, everything that you would have to do to manufacture commercially. But those drains was a, that was a big deal. We had to have drains in the floors. It kind of worked out in our favor, you know, yeah. it being a car wash bay. Being a little company didn't make any difference. We had to do all of the things that the big giant food companies had to do as well. You hear so many entrepreneurs talk about how hard it is to build a business, especially in those early years. But I, I don't think too many are dealing with the sledgehammer and, you know, taking drains out, <laughs> putting drains in, uh, you know, reinventing the car wash. Like you, you did a lot on the physical side uh, to make this reality. But you talk about that, you know, you had like your friend is literally pissed at you because they, they want this in, in more spaces. So that's like, you know, extreme demand and you know a great thing to see from a business standpoint. What was the feedback like in those early days once you once you did start offering that chili out? 
Oh, people were so excited. It was, I mean, it was crazy for a little while. You know, we were, of course, selling it from our restaurant location right out the window. You could come to the custard stand, take your chili home with you. We advertised that. And me being a school teacher, I put a West Virginia map up on the wall and got out my little gold and blue and green stars. And Dee and I would, we'd cook on Mondays. And on Tuesdays, we'd box what we'd cooked the day before. And on Wednesdays, we'd get in the truck and drive around with cases of chili um, we had a little ice unit yep. mounted at like, you know, when you go to a, a convenience store and you buy ice from the little unit on the front of the convenience store, we mounted one of those on a pickup truck with a converter. Um, D was able to connect the converter to it and do all that stuff. I didn't know anything about any of that, but he did all that. And um, we would go to the independent grocery stores near us and say, hey, we're from Webster Springs. We've got this awesome chili. We take a hot plate and a cooker and heat it right up on the spot for them and say, you know, let us fix this so you can try it, sample it. And, you know, then we'd make a sale. And pretty soon we built a route. You know, we had green stars for the people that took chili, uh, yellow stars for the people we needed to follow back up with. And anybody that told us no got a red star, you know, and and we just, you know, built out, out, out circles until we had enough to make a route. And then D started running regular and we hired production people and went from there. Right. Well, we done our own production. I mean, hired hired our own production yeah. staff here. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm back in school. His mom's still working the restaurant. He can't make chili anymore because he's delivering. So we hired a production crew for our facility. And I think we started out with three people and ended up, you know, by the time we quit, we had six. Yeah. And when you're talking about, she's talking about delivering, I'd literally take one case, which our cases then were a 12 pack. And I may drive two or three hours out of the way to go to a certain store uh, just to make that one case delivery. You know, it wasn't about it, it. You know, if we sold one case, we delivered a case. It didn't matter if it cost extra money to get it there. You know what I'm saying? We, we took that product to the customer. I really like this star system you have, the different colored stars. And <laughs> yeah. it, it feels, it feels like a, a way, I mean, you, you both are doing so many different things and working multiple jobs and uh, you, you know, your and team is growing. Kids. And, oh yeah, so you know why not? Why not throw kids in the mix too? But you, you have so many different things going on. Something like as simple as organizing with you know stars or color coding like that, I feel like goes a, a really long way to keep things in order there. And, and and as you're adding to that production crew, so that's that's a big difference once you have you know growing your team and having more people starting to make this stuff and do this stuff for you, as opposed to you two doing literally everything. How was the transition for you two being, you know, still very, very involved in the business, but having other people on your team that you can work with to, you know, actually do more of some of the, some of the details. Oh, it was great. I mean, we, we had, we've always had good people working for us. I, you know, I started out with a 60 gallon uh, steam jacketed kettle. And of course we had mixers and things like that in there because you had the, you know, the guidelines for the, the production, you had to cook the product up to like 165, but you had to cool it really fast. You, well, you really didn't have to do anything until it got down to 130. And then from 130 to 80, you had an hour and a half. And from uh, 80 to 40, we had an, an additional four hours. You had to cool it that fast to keep stuff from growing in it. And uh, all the extra hands, you know, because we used frozen ingredients and different things back then to meet the guidelines, you know what I mean? And, but and his, his mom was a big help because she was our quality control. You know, if somebody, you know, 
didn't do something right or she didn't think it was right or, you know, she thought they missed something or anything like that. You know, she'd be on the phone saying, hey, come down here, check this out, come look, see what's going on. And then our plant manager, the current plant manager that we have has been with us for 15 or 16 years. So the plant manager prior to him had been around for a while and had learned the process, you know, completely and knew it as well as Dee did. So, yeah, you know, it's hard. It, it's a little bit hard to let go of, you know, being there and on hands with your hands in it full time. But in order to grow, you have to do that. And so we were the best people to sell and market. So it was more sense for us to hire people to manufacture and then free us up some to get out there and pick up new accounts and work with the new accounts and that sort of thing. Yeah. How does the scale of the uh, plant or copacker, however you want to describe it, how, how does the scale of like the uh, manufacturing look like today compared to when it started in that, you know, drain and then untrained car wash? Well, in the, you know, the, we, we've got three bays here. We, you know, and I went from, we went from the first car wash bay, we moved in the second bay and we, uh, we finally got an automated line in 2006, you know, with hand filled tubs up until then. And my mom's, she's like, I'm getting carpal tunnel in my wrist. We're going to have to do I was something. I, I'm exhausted. And like my wrist hurts just hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> so we come up with, you know, we got an automated filling line and we were actually cooking you know, then about 2,000 pounds a day, but we got to where we could cook uh, 4,000 pounds. Four to five. Yeah, four, four to five. five yeah, about two ton, or a little over. You know, the last year we manufactured in-house was the year COVID hit. We manufactured 550,000 pounds out of these three bay car wash. Now, our co-packer that we have now, which, you know, I don't have the liability of the USD inspectors here. You know, I don't have all the employees here on me all the time. That allows me and Angie to get out and market and sell, but they can do 12,000 pounds a day. Now, we talked to him yesterday and yep. he said they could do three batches. Yeah, so they could. Cooker, they, so I think they can do almost 20,000 pounds yeah, a so day. Yeah, so they now. can do a lot more now. So, you know, and it's allowed us to get out, market, sell, and grow. So, yeah, yeah. The, the more chilly, the merrier. That, that's a good place to be. <laughs> uh, so, so what, so today, what, what are each of you focusing on? I focus on new accounts and trying to grow the business with our existing accounts. Um, one of our goals, you know, we set a new goal each year. This year, our goal is to add three new distributors, three new retail accounts, but also to expand all of our current distributors by about 20%. And I'll give you an example. U.S. food is nationwide, but we only deliver to U.S. food in West Virginia. So my goal is to talk to that buyer for U.S. food and get us out into, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Ohio, Virginia, those areas. So we want to expand our existing base and add additional re um, wholesale accounts as well as retail accounts. Well, we want to grow our, you know, grow our accounts now too, because we've, you know, we were in the Kroger division, Roanoke Kroger division, what, last year? When did we go in the new La division? We went in the new, new divisions in May of 2021 yeah, so, or 2022. So we went from 120 Kroger stores to like 700. Last year. Last year. So this should be our really big year for Kroger for us and as, as well as like Meyer and Right. Uh, we added the Meyer. Cleveland's doing a localization program with Meyer. We added 10 new Meyer stores that have both products, the hot dog chili and the chili soup. We added Kroger just has the hot dog chili right now, but we're planning to pitch them the soup um, in the next month. And then Walmart um, has hot dog chili 
and we're in about four different divisions of the Walmart um, DCs, but they also added chili soup into those same four Walmart divisions. So we have some stores that have just hot dog chili and some stores that have hot dog chili and chili soup. And then we just picked up Harris Teeter. Yep. They just have the hot dog chili. Um, our Food City account has grown tremendously. We started out delivering one pallet, you know, every couple of weeks or one a month or something like that. And we don't deliver less than two pallets anytime to Food City no. right now. So And Food Line, that's another big one. We'd yeah. like to really expand our market with Food Line. We uh, have one division of Food Line and we'd like to have about four. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a, you got a full plate. Yes. And then there are all the stores, you know, that we aren't in yet. You know, yeah. the Publix and the Giants and the... Acme's and Market Baskets and, you know, all these other stores that and new stores coming up like Aldi and Lidl and those stores. So, Congrats on all those distribution wins. I mean, that's so exciting to see it. Literally thinking of the physical stores, but also thinking of how many end consumers who maybe haven't even heard of your product before and are able to just pop in a, like their local store and get it now is really, really exciting. I'm a little bit biased. I'm I'm for all things Cleveland and Ohio. So, you know, just keep going. Those distribution wins in Ohio, that sounds good. But what's the biggest difference between working with these, you know, quote unquote, big guys like the Kroger's and Walmart, like all, all these huge name stores and the actual buyers versus like kind of going back to your roots and, you know, kind of just serving people around town? Like how, how, how does that change the dynamic of uh, how you operate your business? We had to add a lot of e-commerce, you know, we had to add um, electronic data. So we have an EDI platform that we work through receiving and sending invoices and POs. That was new for us. You know, before we just hand wrote our yeah, orders, um, we would go to the front of the store and the store would pay us with a purchase order um, when we were leaving, when we were delivering it. And now we wait, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 days on a check to come in the mail. That's your favorite part, probably, right? Having to wait for that. <laughs> Being able to get to a contact, sometimes in the corporate world right now, it's very hard, you know, especially since COVID hit, people are working from home, they're not as accessible, you can't give them a call on the phone, emails are, you know, loaded up with, you know, messages coming in and out. So the ability to reach someone quickly, um, or respond to something quickly has changed a lot from where we delivered individually to where we're working now at corporate level. We work with a lot of brokers right now and, you know, that's a great liaison. And so you can respond, you can get your broker to respond a lot quicker sometimes than you can get the buyers to respond. And so then the brokers work with the buyers and make things happen. Our buyers are, buyers are all accessible. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say they're not accessible. They just have so many, you know, companies and, and vendors that they're dealing and working with. If you're buying into podcasting and entrepreneurship, see what I did there, then you might be interested in the Podcasting to the Max newsletter. It is where podcasting meets entrepreneurship. You can sign up at maxpodcasting.com slash newsletter. There are new emails every Thursday, and it includes wonderful behind-the-scenes stories and insight and laughs from the Wild Business Growth Podcast and podcasting tips to help you on your podcasting journey. That's maxpodcasting.com slash newsletter. Now, let's go from chili to the really, really cool people behind the chili. I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk more about kind of both you on the personal side and your relationship and how, and how you operate uh, outside of work. I, I guess it deals with inside of work as well, but uh, I'm a huge fan of all things family business, grew up with a family business and 
Uh, I think it's really, really special if you have the opportunity to do it. And uh, you're an example of a family business that's been around for uh, one, two, you know, maybe more than a few years. Uh, some awesome story there. So what is it about your dynamic, you know, just between you two that uh, has allowed you to thrive as a family business for so many years? Um, Dee's personality probably is the biggest driver for that. He is very positive. Um, he doesn't let things get him down. He doesn't let things worry him a whole lot. And he is all the time grinning and smiling and carrying on. He can make a joke out of anything. He is very fond of saying that I am the head. I, he is the. I'm the foot in your butt. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 I, I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> You know, something along those lines. I'm the head. You're the, she's just the next attorney. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a big thing. And then the fact that, I mean, we work all the time, literally. Him, not as much as I do because he takes off and he works. He um, hunts professionally with a TV show called Whitetail Frenzy that's based out of West Virginia. Another family business, a couple brothers that have a hunting show. We advertise on that show, but, you know, from September to December, D is out of the office a lot and hunting and doing stuff. And so I work, you know, a lot of times in the evenings, I work on the weekends, but, you know, just not quitting and not giving up and, and being able to support each other and take risks. Even if he doesn't get on board, like when we first started out, he thought networking was ridiculous and he thought social media was the devil. You know, <laughs> Facebook is the devil and get off Facebook. And so now, um, now I love it. I'm on there more than she is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just even even su supporting what we all, you know, don't necessarily agree with until we see the value of it. But I'm always working, too. She said on those hunting trips, I'm not working, but I'm taking chili with me. And every guy in the camps, the hunting camps, everybody there is eating custard stand hot dog chili and chili soup. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much there. I mean, I think having someone with a, a positive attitude in that joking atmosphere, I mean, D, I think we are two peas in a pod because I'm the same thing. Like, uh, some of my family always gives me shit. Like, why, why are you so overly positive about everything? I'm like, I'm, I, I like being that way. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's good to be positive, I, I, but it, it helps when you can have you know multiple people kind of like a, a yin yang of different emotions there. And but I think if you if you can laugh about stuff and still like you know be confident about hey we can get over anything that bodes really really well for business and. You two just have such great camaraderie there. Angie, how do, do you get upset with him when he goes on hunting trips for that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I like to go sometimes. You know, it depends on if it's somewhere <laughs> that I haven't been. Like, I've never been out to Colorado on one of their trips. I've never been to Canada on one of their trips. So depending on, you know, where it is and what he's doing, I like to go sometimes. But I get a lot of work done when he's gone because, you know, there's no, not necessarily come home and fix dinner because we share that, but there's no having to be home at a certain time or anything like that. You know, so I may be at the office until seven or eight o'clock at night and get real focused, get real hyper-focused on something and, you know, be able to stay at the office and get it all finished up and not have to worry about any requirements at home. So... If hunting is your guilty pleasure, D, then Angie, what what would yours be? What what's what what do you do from uh, January to August? No, I'm just kidding. But what do you, what do you do in your free time <laughs> to uh, you know take your mind off things? Uh, we spend a lot of time with our kids and our grandkids and some friends. We have some yeah. we have some my best friends from high school are still we're still friendly with them, and so we like to go out and enjoy some time, take a couple vacations, that sort of thing with them. But my guilty pleasure is trash historical romance novels 
Yes. <laughs> and, you know, when she gets when she gets started on one, doesn't matter who, you you know, what you say to her or she she's not she doesn't hear you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. When the Hunger Games series came out, good Lord, I don't think I slept for three days. Just trying to, you know, get those in and, and read all those. So, in, in addition to Hunger Games, are there any uh, other favorites? And well, they could be newer, or older, or older that come to mind. I love Nora Roberts. I love when Nora Roberts writes as J.D. Robb. I like Danielle Steele. I don't, I don't like her as much as Nora Roberts, but I wish Nora Roberts would put out about 12, 15 books a year. I keep trying to get her to write a book about us, but she's not done it yet. I, I, I keep saying, and I've always said that there will be a movie about Custer's Stan one of these days. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, well with yep. the with the hunting show, you already got the background in production, so uh, definitely could. And there's endless uh, custard and uh, wiener puns that you can make. So there's a whole <laughs> world of opportunity there. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of that, let's get a bit more unusual. So <laughs> from wieners to the unusual. So uh, this is more, you know, you just on the personal side, pet peeves, quirks, weird talents. So, uh, and, and this is, you know, you both can answer separate, just kind of jump in whenever you want. Whoever wants to go first can go first, but what's your biggest pet peeve? Business-wise, I hate when people don't CC everybody. I hate when they don't, you know, copy everyone that's on the email and just reply to one person and then you don't see the reply. Drives me crazy. Mine's probably my wife. Because, <laughs> like we went to Columbus. We, we got to Columbus to a fishing show this week with a couple of friends, you know, just trying to get away. And she's like pulling up Walmarts and Kroger's. And we got to stop here. We got to stop there. And I'm like, Angie, we're supposed to be taking a, taking a break this weekend. Well, we didn't. We stopped at five or six stores on the way up and five or six stores on the way back. She, she just, she's always selling, always promoting, you know, and that, I, that's not, you know, that's a good thing, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's sweet. How about quirks? What's something a little bit quirky about each of your personalities that maybe you call each other out on, your kids or grandkids call you out on, but it's who you are, nothing to be ashamed of. We had a company come one time and they wanted to put us on a reality show. And so at the end of the reality show, when they showed us the preview, I was the wicked bitch in the business you know here come poor old d having to do this and you know our kids me making them go to work and me making them do this and me making them do that and so i do tend to be a little bit overbearing sometimes <laughs> uh, i thought it was funny i thought you know i wanted to see the i wanted to see it air but you know they had me up on top of a truck shooting a bow and doing all the redneck stuff that a, a west virginia country boy would do you know what i mean but you know i don't know i loved it I think wicked is a little harsh, unless unless you're from the Boston <laughs> yeah. area, and then the word wicked flies around all the time. <laughs> and then how about, I call them weird talents, and D, I'm not going to let you say hunting for this, but a talent that has, has no impact on your business, but it's just something, maybe it's around the house, maybe it's a memory trick, just something that you're really, really good at, or like a party trick. It's just kind of unique, or it doesn't have much impact in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> if something's broke, I can figure it out. I mean, I can fix stuff, I can... You know, I don't know what it is. I mean, like our hot, our water is dripping at home. Okay, our water in our kitchen faucet is dripping constantly, and I'm like, "Are you going to fix this?" And he said, "Well, turn on the hot water, turn on the cold water, turn the hot water off first, and then it'll stop." And I'm like, "How do you know that? 
what made you think to do that? How did you know that that's what was wrong? Because it works. It fixes it every dang time. He still needs to fix whatever the real problem is, but it fixes it temporarily every dang time. But yeah, I mean, I know you said that stuff that doesn't, you know, affect your, you know, not about your business or whatever, but as far as electrical carpentry work, uh, I mean, we done it all. We figured out how to manufacture and as far as our homes, I, I we, he loves YouTube. He likes yeah, to, he doesn't like do a whole lot with podcasts, but he loves to watch YouTube videos to figure something out. You yeah. know, the other day, um, I'm, something I'm, wouldn't come on in his truck and he's Googling YouTube trying to figure out what it is. I don't know. I've just, I just, I, I should ask for help a lot more than I do, but I normally don't ask for help. I like to try to figure stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably I, I can remember things like I can remember people and places and, you know, things that we've created, things that we've put together. And I can say, hey, we did this on this date and, you know, or this year or whatever. And so that's served me, you know, well, personally and business wise, both because, you, you know, we'll meet someone and, and deal, say, hey, buddy, how you doing? And talk to him like he's known him all his life and he can't remember for the life of him what their name is. So he <laughs> says, hey, buddy. And everybody's buddy. But I can tell is, him is this that. why you called me oh, buddy uh, earlier? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well well thanks buddy no that, yeah, yeah. I, I i totally can relate to those i well i think the buddy thing is a good way to go about it because i'm the same I, way is, like yeah. I, like my memory's pretty good with stuff but you know unless it's something like this where it's like an interview like a you know research preparing to speak to you guys uh i i am terrible at remembering names and so it's just something you know i same sort of thing could talk to anybody but they're, they're just all buddy now but right right let's before we get in too much trouble let's let's wrap this up with some rapid fire q a you ready for it okay all right let's get wild buddy no i can't stop all right what is the what what is the most creative use or most unique food that you've seen somebody eating your chili topping on pizza for me oh they just put on a pizza crust very cool. Maybe the walking tacos where they put it in the corn Frito chips. bags. And Frito bags with the corn chips and put cheese down in there. Oh, yeah. Those, those are good. Uh, I'm not going to put you in the same category as Skyline Chili because I know it's very polarized. Right. But we were in Cincinnati last year for my cousin Rachel and her now husband Glenn's wedding. And we stopped at uh, Mad Tree Brewing and they have a pizza stand there and one of the pizzas that they have is literally like a chili pizza like it's a whole pizza that's just covered with you know basically their version of skyline chili topping but i'm I'm sure yours would be tastier but it was uh it was pretty cool and unique so i guess that's a widespread trend now mashed potatoes would be a close second we've oh. seen a lot of ma we, we yeah. didn't know it was a thing but mashed potato bars have become a thing the last three or four years and that's a close second i would have never thought to put chili on top of mashed potatoes oh that sounds but it's good. really good you know, my, my, uh, my dad always does that with, uh, like he loves, uh, sloppy Joe's. So when we'd have sloppy Joe's, he puts a sloppy Joe's on mashed potatoes. So I, I could see that a lot wow. of stuff mixes well with, with mashed potatoes. D on your hunting slash fishing trips, you've kind of been uh -huh. all over the place. It sounds like what's, what's the most uh, unique or exotic location you've been for an extended trip there. I like Saskatchewan. I mean, the deer hunting out there is just crazy the way they, you know, they put the alfalfa out and the deer come in, but the, the terrain and the, you know, the snow and the, I, I, I just enjoy it. I, I really like going out and 
you know, sitting in the cold box blinds and, but now I'm starting to use heaters now. <laughs> Get know. older. But yeah, I think that's a neat place. We went to Alaska last year with our son to visit one of his friends and Alaska was awesome. We want to go back there for sure. Yeah, but I haven't hunted there yet. But no. I, yeah, I was but looking, he's at, looking. I'm looking at a moose and a, maybe a grizzly bear hunt. I'd like to go on there. <laughs> wow. Those are, those are some stories, journeys of a lifetime. Uh, you just made me think of another question. What is the absolute number one reason to visit Alaska? Northern Lights. Oh, you saw them? We did. We did. We went yeah. to a place called Sheena Hot Springs and were able to see them. So it was pretty cool. How would you characterize seeing the Northern Lights in person? It's so much better than yeah. what the pictures are. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Cool. It was we, had to, we had to stay up. Like we checked in a hotel and they called us when the lights came out. Like we could go to bed and they would call us when the lights came out so we could go out and look at them. So it was cool. Yeah. Oh they God. were green and yeah, it was, it was neat. That's amazing. Yeah, I totally like every time I see pictures or videos of them, I think they're so cool. But I've I've always thought that I think you're exactly right. Those have to be like towards the top of the list of things that look so much more breathtaking in person than well. In and we rented a car. It was it was on the it was a couple hours past Fairbanks, and yeah. we rented a car and drove like seven hours. We drove like almost a trip from here to Myrtle Beach or something to go look at the lights and spend the night and do the hot springs and stuff. And it was well worth it. Yeah, it's fifteen hundred mile round trip <laughs> out <and> back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Alaska's pretty damn big. <laughs> you forget how big Alaska's. <laughs> and on that note, D as a truck driver, I guess you're. You're used to, uh, in your in your past life, I guess, to um, driving many, many, many miles. What, what's your favorite way to, you know, pass the time or keep yourself entertained when you're on those long trips? Snapchat, uh, the little uh, videos. I used to do those little videos when I'm driving down the road. <laughs> you oh create Snapchat my videos. With my <laughs> he did one about. We watched. Um, we went to Holden Beach and watched turtles hatch one night. You know, we got out up and went and watched the turtles hatch and the nestlings go to the water and all that stuff. And he made one of them that I'm telling you, you almost peed your pants listening to him. Right, right. I mean, I've done a lot more than truck driver. I mean, we've all, I've kind of been an entrepreneur all my life. I mean, I had a split rail fence company. We made split rail fence and, uh, and I had trucks then. And uh, her dad was in a logging business. And that's when I bought my first truck. When I say truck driver, I'm driving my own trucks most of the time. But uh, I had an archery business where I had 30 targets archery targets and we shot a 3d archery range and a bow shop and uh what else we had a bed and breakfast she had for a bed a while. and breakfast and notice how he says she yeah because yeah. he didn't help a whole lot with that <laughs> well, and then she had a, a like a five and ten cent store there was a little store in our town that was going to close and we bought it it wasn't a good move for a five and ten cent store but we eventually moved our custard stand down there so the restaurant is now in the old five and ten cent oh store. And, and another thing i can throw out there real quick uh, that's that's what's helped me to do the things i've done is her being a school teacher and she's always had insurance on our family you know so that's allowed right. me to you know do the trucks and do this and do that you know because without the insurance I, we would i would have never been able owning to, your own business and insurance is so tough yeah you know yeah so yeah tough. that's been a a big role in our our success i believe yeah oh totally yeah it's so nice to have that security well literally insurance there and uh yeah d gives you the permission to just be a wild boy that goes all over the world no but <laughs> no last one here though let's keep let's keep it to west virginia i want to hear from each of you what is your favorite part of uh living in west virginia uh the feeling of home community 
you know, our friends are here, our family's here. And, you know, while some of them are a little more spread out than others, it's always easy to get together with people if you want to. Yeah, me too. It's all, it's the people. I mean, the people, especially in our town, you know, there's one red light in our whole county here where we're at. No fast and food. No fast food. We're the only... Hour from Walmart, yeah. hour from movie theater, two hours from the local mall. Yep. And uh, everybody waves at everybody. Everybody knows everybody, which that's not always good, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> it's good until it's not. <laughs> Right, right. The mountains and the streams and the, and the you know, West Virginia is a beautiful state. Like I said, I've been to a lot of different states and it's hard. It's hard to beat West Virginia. And Dee couldn't live somewhere where there wasn't four seasons, I don't think. He, and he you know, fall is his favorite because that's when hunting season is. But he enjoys all four seasons all the time. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely something special about the seasons. I do wish winter was uh, about one day long, though. But <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, yeah, it, it does. It is nice to change it up. Well, Angie and Dee, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Just so great getting to know you and hearing the custard stand story and all your different lines of business. And we could do a whole, you know, like several hours about all your other businesses we didn't even <laughs> dive into. But really, really appreciate you both coming on. And where's the best place for people to try out your products as well as if they want to connect with the, either you online? Um, custardstand.com has our website has a store locator and that store locator customers people can just put in their zip code and it will tell them if there's a store near them a lot of the stores we mentioned while we were talking um, if you can't find a store call our, call our office and we'll look and find it for you or let you know what areas we're in we do a lot of online orders we do our own in-house fulfillment now and so we ship anywhere we've got an order going to washington Monday, state of Washington on Monday. So we'll ship anywhere in the United States and ship direct to your door if it's not available in a retailer. And then we we have, you know, Facebook, we have Instagram, we have all those social locations. Just look for Custard Sand Chili. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're on here and you're listening and you you need samples for a business, just let us know. We can send out samples. You know, that's oh yeah, we need to get an address from yeah, you. Yeah, so we, we definitely gotta samples. send you some samples also. Oh, so. appreciate it. I, I was Oh, okay. That means a lot. I, I, um, I was just thinking this has been one of the most mouthwatering interviews of all time. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll exchange that after the fact, but uh, I, I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, I have just heard light years of, uh, of good things about, uh, the products you make and, and, and the kind of people you are. So really appreciate everything. And, uh, last thing, final thoughts, it could be, uh, a quote or just kind of words of advice, kind of business wisdom, words to live by, whatever you want, send us home here. Uh, I like the one, do all the good that you can in all the ways that you can to all the people that you can as often as you can. Wow. <laughs> I can't, I can't top that. Uh, believe in your product and hustle, hustle, hustle. I mean, you gotta, you always gotta hustle. You, you gotta stay after it and you know, it'll work out for you. You know, don't be, you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you believe in your product and you know, you got a product, get out there and sell it, you know, and don't be afraid to talk to people. If they don't want to talk to you, they won't talk to you. <laughs> That's right, buddy. All right. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> it is confirmed delicious. Thank you so much to my new favorite buddies, Angie and Dee Cowger, for coming on the podcast, for all you do in the chilly world and beyond. And thank you, Wild Listeners, for tuning in to another episode. 
If you want to hear more wild stories like this one, make sure to follow the Wild Business Growth Podcast on your favorite app and tell a friend about the podcast. And then try out Custard Stand Chili with them, uh, any of their chili varieties, and you will not be disappointed. You can also find us on Good Pods where there are some very, very good podcasts, and it probably goes well with Good Chili as well. And for any help with podcast production, you can learn more at maxpodcasting.com. And sign up for the Podcasting to the Max newsletter. That's at maxpodcasting.com slash newsletter. Until next time, let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! <laughs> <laughs>